0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. Carol Masser along with Kaylee Lyons, on this Tuesday. And Kaylee, we continue this hour with looking at some of the stresses and situations facing leaders around the globe. Man, there's a lot coming at them, of course, because of the virus and, and also because, you know, I think a lot of leaders are trying to create a much more equitable environment. And joining us to talk about that is Judy Marks, President and CEO at Connecticut-based Otis Worldwide, uh, which you might recall was spun off from United Technologies back in April. They became another public company again, uh, an S&P 500 company, and the stock's been on quite a ride since spring. Uh, And the company also reported earnings yesterday. Judy joins us on the phone from Florida. Judy, it is so nice to have you here with Kaylee and myself. How are you? Um, And talk to us about what your world has been like in the last six or seven months. There's been a lot going on for you guys. Yeah,
1: it has been fascinating, Carol. Great to be with you and Kaylee today. And I we could have never imagined starting this journey in the middle of a global pandemic. Sure. But I've got to tell you, we are so excited to return to our roots as an independent, publicly traded company. And our 69,000 colleagues, who are mainly essential workers, keeping the world moving, maintaining obviously elevators and hospitals and infrastructures, and just as importantly, in, in many residential buildings where people have been locked down but still need the use of their, their elevators. Mm. Couldn't be more proud. A uh, hundred years to the month we first listed on the New York Stock Exchange, we listed amazing. again on, on April 3rd. It's unbelievable, such an incredible historic company,
2: and uh, we are, we're moving into the future. We're excited. Well, you talk about how all of these places that need your elevators, hospitals and the like, Uh, here where I am at Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, when I come in in the morning, when I leave in the afternoon, I just get in the elevator, I don't have to touch anything, they're running automatically so that they can reduce touch points. Can you give me some insight into what kind of touchless technology or procedures you've had to implement in your in your elevator systems because of this? Sure, let me answer that, and then let me
1: take a step back and share with you a little bit about just our business model, but but innovation is core to who we are at Otis, and we had a lot of touchless um, innovations and products available, but they have absolutely come to the forefront now because of COVID, and I'm really pleased with how agile and fast our team's been able to bring these to market throughout the globe. We have gesturing technology. We have the ability for vo- for voice interaction where you say, hey, Otis take me to floor five. Uh, we have the ability through an app on the iPhone, uh, our eCall app, to be able to, before you ever leave your office, call the elevator, and so it'll be there for you. We have uh, traffic management and a dispatching system that's intelligent traffic flow that allows us only to put four people in an elevator to have them safely spaced. You know, our customers, these building managers, are telling us they, they want help, they want our guidance, they want our partnership, and it's just been an amazing... Uh, seven months, as we're all trying to return to what we believe will be the new normal. I don't think we're there yet, but we're we're a big part of of being, becoming part of that.
0: I mean, so that's really interesting, Judy. So the things that maybe are changing right now, and you talk about the new normal, they're here to stay, in your view. No, I I consider we're
1: in an interim normal stage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is interim. I really do. I believe, and we see it even within our own company. So again, sixty-nine thousand colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, Almost seventy to seventy-five percent of them didn't have the opportunity to work from home from the day this started in Wuhan. Our service, our field professionals, our service mechanics were in the hospital. First and foremost, protected by PPE because their health and safety is critical to us. But we have been out working around the clock really to keep keep the world moving. And so, you know, we have a work from home uh, for some of our organization, and it's amazing that we've been able to start the company this way, really to do our board meetings remote, to... to close the books to do our earnings to to really get to know our investors Um, but most importantly we've been out there to serve the riding public and what most people don't know is that you know over half of our two million unit portfolio we maintain over two million units 25 percent larger than the next closest competitor globally and over half of those are in residential buildings condominiums apartments people need to go down to get their food, even if they're not leaving the building, to pick up things. Right. So, you know, again, for us, our passengers are so critical, and we want to keep them flowing safely and,
2: and in a healthy way. Judy, we've talked about your business, but at the end of the day, it is a business that has people... And we know that the way companies uh, have been approaching their diversity and inclusion efforts has has really been put into focus in 2020. And you are just launched a social justice initiative. It's called Our Commitment to Change. You've joined the Paradigm for Parity Coalition, committing to achieve gender parity in your executive leadership by 2030. 2030 is 10 years from now. Does that feel like it's too long?
1: No, it's it's not too long, and I would uh, be delighted if we could beat the twenty thirty goal, and and that's what we try to do with all expectations. Is Judy? Uh, why does it take so long? Take so long? Yeah. Well, we're already at uh, just over thirty a third mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you want to create an opportunity and, and um, op- really opportunities for everyone to excel from all backgrounds, including gender, but really create an opportunity as we grow the company for everyone to excel. Our vision is to give people freedom to connect and thrive in a taller, faster, smarter world, and that means all people. But we know we need to change. We know we need to increase the pace of this. Again, women currently represent over a third of our executives globally and we are listening to our employees. We're bringing in outside candidates, we're developing internal candidates, and we're giving people opportunities to make a difference.
0: And listen, I'm not looking to point fingers. I think I'm just trying to understand. We've had a lot of discussions with CEOs of publicly held companies and leaders, black leaders, white leaders, you name it, uh, to try and understand that this is not a new conversation, right? We've been talking really (laughs) inequities and racism for 400 years. So I'm just trying to understand in corporate America, especially when you know that, like everybody knows that the research that's out there that shows that a diverse workforce, a diverse senior executive workforce means um, a better financially performing company. So I guess I'm just trying to understand why it takes so long to do this. So our, and and again, our executive leadership team is over
1: 55% diverse. Our board is over 55% Mm -hmm. diverse. What we need to do, again, is now act. We have been talking about this. I've been in industry for 36 years. We've been talking about it. And we have to do more than just feed the entry-level pipeline. We have to sponsor women so they have the opportunity to make a difference, to learn, and then to move up. And we that's what we're doing. And our commitment to change is all about listening and, and creating a place where everyone's voices are heard and where people feel included and that they bring their whole self to work. We're in the life safety business here um, and it's a dangerous business. And I, I need to ensure the health and safety of all of our employees and the way we can do that and our commitment to change is totally revolves around this is people bringing them whole, their whole selves to work in terms of mental health in terms of opportunity uh-huh. and in terms of being held and included 85% of our colleagues work outside the US we're in 200 countries and territories and we have to create this environment in 1400 branch offices across the globe and so it does take time
2: but yeah, it takes right. a lo- it takes a plan well and, and of course after- of course, the time frame we're talking about is this 2030 goal for gender parity. I'm, I'm wondering, have you set any concrete goals in terms of other diversity, in terms of people of color at your leadership? Do you have numbers you could give us or targets? Our commitment to change is going to not
1: just set those targets and set those goals for ourselves, but also we've created an advisory group inside the company we call Perspectives to hold us accountable. Our challenge, as I said, is with only 15% of our population in the United States, Mm -hmm. we need to make sure we also address the other 85% of our colleagues, and that's different in different countries, and what it means to be a minority in another country, we need need to define that. We've brought in an external independent consultant to help us, to interview folks, to listen, and we're going to put concrete plans in place. Our board's going to hold us accountable, and this perspectives group is going to hold us accountable, and I'll be happy to share more in the future.
0: Listen, I think that is such a great point, though, what it means to be a minority in another country, right? Mm -hmm. We need to think about it. We have it from the U.S. perspective, but you have a global perspective. You know, you mentioned um, that you guys have been dealing with COVID-19 since it started in Wuhan. So you really have uh, a special kind of vantage point, if you will. What are you seeing in the Asian markets when it comes to the virus? What are you seeing in European markets Uh, and how it all contrasts with U.S. markets, Judy?
1: Right. Now, really, our great question. Our portfolio is balanced really in two dimensions. Regionally, uh, our revenue is about a third, a third and a third America's Europe and Asia. So we really do see things ex- just as they're happening. And being in these 1,400 branch offices in different cities, we're seeing it real time. In Asia, especially China, China is back at full force. Mm-hmm. Our third quarter in China was outstanding. We had growth in orders, sales were up mid-single digit. We grew, you know, we grew share year to date. Uh, really pleased, and we're anticipating a very solid 21 in China. The rest of Asia, the mature Asia, is doing well. Japan, Korea, um, but we are seeing still some uh, slowness in India and in Southeast Asia, where even job sites for us to be able to do construction in India haven't quite recovered. They're at about the 50% level. Huh. As we u- move to Europe, Europe is and the rest of the, the Americas, we're in the high 90 percentile of being able to show up for construction work, to install new elevators and escalators across both uh, both Europe and the Americas. And we haven't seen that slow down, uh, even with the rebounding cases and so, you know, we're, we're in for our new equipment business uh, as well as our service business. And our service business is really the, the jewel in our crown. We, we in accelerate, we grow share in new equipment, and then that allows us with this 2 million plus unit service portfolio to have multi-decade customer relationships, to be to be there when our customers need us, to maintain, again, to maintain in a life safety mode. Uh, elevators and escalators to keep people moving. And then after about 20 years we modernize those. So we're still maintaining um, very old elevators, right. and very young ones in the iconic buildings in the world like the Empire State Building, but also in every school and hospital and in every building that's that's over several stories. I mean we really are uh, somewhat ubiquitous across the globe
0: and across all segments. All right. Going to leave it there. Um, great, uh, great, really, view around the world. So really appreciate some time with you. Judy Marks, thank you so much. President and CEO at Otis Worldwide uh, joining us on the phone from Florida. I love that kind of vantage point. And it, it mirrors what I did a real estate panel for Milken and uh, a real estate developer in China. And they're like, they're back in yeah. Beijing. It's very, no masks. It's, they're back.
2: Well, and that's why we've seen the economic recovery in China, mm-hmm. too, just they're really the only ones that are (laughs) returning to normal in any sense uh, at this point. And as we see the virus cases resurging in the Western world, in Europe, and here in the U.S., we just don't have the handle on it that they seem to get. And I wonder how that uh, is going to change our growth trajectory relative to China's in the coming quarters.
0: Well, and like you can't get into a building in China, right? Unless your app says you've got a green and you can go in. I mean, it's a much tougher situation.